Promotional consideration paid for by the following. Are you suffering from back pain? Well, I've got the thing just for you. 15 surefire tips for relieving back pain, plus 192 others just in case, volume 1, available at Amazon.com. Over 30 million Americans are suffering with back pain at this very moment. The vast majority of these cases are either caused or exacerbated by common lifestyle factors. Many of the same factors may be causing you pain right now. Join board-certified physician Andrew Kirshner as he guides you through the parts of your life where these problems occur and gives you simple, safe and effective solutions for these common daily pitfalls. In this fun and informative book, you will learn how to identify the aspects of your life which may be causing you pain, how to create a back-friendly environment, how you can improve your pain by improving your sleep, ways to make a pain-free commute, how you can perform daily activities without making your pain worse, and much more. Andrew Kirshner is so well respected in the field of back pain relief. He has you know, famous clients such as DJ Jazzy Jeff. He has done uh, many talks and lectures at universities in the UK. He has appeared on QVC demonstrating back pain relief products and that is because he is an expert in his field and people trust him. Also check out the 5 star reviews on Amazon.com. This is the book that you need if you suffer from back pain. That's 15 surefire tips for relieving back pain plus 192 others just in case volume 1 available at Amazon.com in paperback. Check the link below the show for more information. Just when you thought that there were already too many podcasts in the world. Here comes another one. If you, I mean, can you pause immediately if needed? Uh, I mean, I can try. I'll have to reach and grab the remote and press pause, you know. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, it, it might take more than a uh, okay. second. Colin Delaney. Hello everybody and welcome to Turn Truckle. I'm Pablo and with me is someone who has had only 50% of the heel turns of Ricky Morton, Colin Delaney. How are you doing today, sir? So 50% of the heel turns of Ricky Morton. How many heel turns has Ricky Morton had? Oh, he's had two. Oh. On a major scale. Really? Yeah. Well, it, it, Richard Morton. Right. I was going to say there's the, the, the uh, what was it called? Uh, the York oh. Foundation. York Foundation. I was struggling for that one. I was like, Taylor um, Foundation? It wasn't named after Terry Taylor. No, he, so he was in it, though, one? wasn't he? I think he was in it. I think he was. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I remember Terrence the York Taylor. Foundation. I remember I remember uh, Richard Morton being in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, what's the other What's the other turn he had? Oh, uh, well, the NWA invasion in 98. So it wasn't really a turn. He came in as a heel. Oh, I don't even remember him really being a heel at that point. Yeah, yeah, he was with Jim Cornette. It was pretty mind-blowing. Yeah, I suppose. But I remember, like, the new Midnight Express coming around, and they were the heels. Yeah, well, that's when Cornette got rid of uh, Ricky Robert at that point. um... Yeah, I guess I vaguely remember. That's like, I, I remember it, but in my brain, Ricky and Robert are babyfaces forever. 
<laughs> well, yeah, they pretty much are. Well, that's the thing. It's one of those things like, you know, they they never really changed persona. It's just that the fans changed. They didn't dig rock and roll anymore, man. They went punk. It should have been... The intro should have been how I've had 50% of the heel, of the number of heel turns of Ricky Morton and uh, double the amount of uh, Ricky Steamboat. <laughs> See, that's what I should have went with. That means technically you're still a heel. Yeah, well, who's to say? <laughs> yeah, yeah. by episode like 10, these are going to get so tenuous, these intros. <laughs> <laughs> Not that they haven't I'm already. Always, <laughs> I'm always interested as to what random fact you're going to put out there. So. Well, Oh yeah, yeah, because my my TV run was literally eight months, uh, nine months. So it's like, man, you're really gonna be digging for facts eventually. <laughs> well, you know, um, I think it'll be I, I, the, the the audience on the edge of their seats, basically. But it's all a, of the, it's all, a challenge. I believe in you. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I'll push it to the limit and uh, all all that kind of stuff. We'll do a montage. No, we won't. Um... If we if we make it to like <laughs> December, you're gonna be like. I can't do it, man. I just, I just got nothing else for you. Yeah, I've, I've got to, I've got to get away from the action figure um, thing. <laughs> You're gonna be like, man, I, I had to bring in. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of somebody else who had a. I had to bring in Zach Gowan. That was it, man. <laughs> I, I'm just all out of facts to give about you. <laughs> yeah, bring him in just for the fact, and then he can go away, and then we'll do touch up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he doesn't even say anything. Yeah, you know, we've got Zach on the phone. He's just about to say something, and then we'll hang him up, and then we'll start turn chuckle. All right, there he was. Here we go. <laughs> but and then we can, we can say that about everybody, though. We could be like, well, that was John Cena on the phone, and, uh, you know, they, they, they can't <laughs> he's on it. there. Yeah, they can't prove it. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> I know we were talking about early 90s WCW there, but we are all about early 90s WWF. Uh, we look at we we I don't know how far we'll go with this until Colin gets sick of it or until everyone else gets sick of it. Uh, we <laughs> we are reviewing or doing real time commentary over Monday Night Raws from the start, which is uh, entirely my era. Uh, I've got to say this is the era that I got into WWF because um, after SummerSlam happened at Wembley Stadium, WWF really hit it bigger than it ever had been at that point in the UK and sort of you know hoard the shit out of every type of merchandise possible and uh you know the wrestlemania album did you ever hear the wrestlemania album yeah of course oh yeah produced by simon cowell by the way oh i knew that oh okay uh, well okay good <laughs> i'm running out of things to impress you with then i've got that one that's 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 a fact that i do have stored up there uh well um the the um I don't you didn't get it in the states but uh, Crush has a track on the album and uh it's a UK exclusive. Um and it's <laughs> and Simon it, Cowell was like this track is so good only my home country gets it. <laughs> yeah and it's about Crush telling you not to take drugs. <clears throat> um Perfect. Yeah. Yeah yeah. 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 And uh, the uh you know they had top ten singles and stuff like that. The Jim Duggan song "USA" was released as a, yeah, it was released as a single in this country. Had a music video and everything. Re- <laughs> just shows you how much money was in the music industry back then. It got released on cassette, on seven inch, um, on twelve inch picture disc, and on CD, and it made it to number like ninety six in the charts. To this day, every time I wrestle in the country of Canada, uh-huh. which for a while was quite often because I live like an hour from the Canadian border, mm-hmm. I would come out to party in the USA by Miley Cyrus because oh, beautiful. I don't know if uh, yeah if they didn't like me, the song works, and if they did <laughs> like me, it just entertained me that they were rocking out to a song about the USA. <laughs> uh, using that cheap USA Canada heat, best kind of heat though. 
Yeah, I wasn't using it for heat. I just liked the song, really. Ah, okay. But did it did it get negative reactions? Well, if I wanted them to have negative reactions, they would. Okay. It wasn't really based upon the song. I just thought it was funny either way. Ah, okay. Did you ever go to WWF or WWE Niagara Falls when it was open? Oh, yeah, of course I did. What was that like? I mean, because it, it's kind of weird. It was, a, it was a small gift shop with a weird, like... Drop uh, like one of those rides that just lifts you up and drops uh, on the roof. Did it have a wrestling name? Okay. Must have the pile driver. Oh, the pile driver. Okay. Pile yeah, of driver. course, pile driver. Yeah. Um, and Coco Beware is there singing the song pile driver. <laughs> but towards the end, and like on the side of the building, there was like you know how uh, in Hollywood they have the handprints uh-huh. <laughs> in the cement. Uh-huh. Well, they had those of like wrestlers from the era of when the Niagara Falls WWE Niagara Falls opened oh, on the side of the building, like Test and uh, <laughs> and uh, Stacy Keebler and uh, I don't know whoever else showed up to uh, WWE Niagara Falls for their opening. It was literally just like uh, like any gift shop in the world, just like a small gift shop, but it was full of uh, WWE things. You could at one point. Uh, years after I was fired, buy my eight by ten there. Oh, really? That's awesome. In in like a package with like a hard back on it. Oh yeah, <laughs> I almost bought one, but they were like ten dollars Canadian. Uh huh. Which is you would think pricey. though that they would give you pricey. one. You know, if you just came into the store and you would just like look, point to your face and then point to the picture, and just like look, look, can it? Yeah, but you know. Yeah. They didn't give you one. So is is this like sort of you with a fist in the air? Because I've seen the one of you getting oh, yeah. la- launched by Tommy Dreamer. I think there's like a glossy 8x10 sort of thing. And the WrestleMania 24 logo is in the background, I think. Yes, there's that one and there's the one with the fist. But this is the one with the fist, which I honestly, I promise you, I don't remember taking. <laughs> there must be loads of outtakes, though, like where sort of, you know, you've got yeah, two Yeah, because I'm pretty sure they had fist. me. Yeah. They had me do eight by tens within the first like two weeks of being there when I didn't even really have a job. Mm-hmm. So, wow. And they just had, took me back and had me start like snapping picks. Mm-hmm. And I just remember throwing all kinds of poses and doing all kinds of things. And uh, there's because like the trading card that was only released in, I believe, only released in the UK. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm doing like this hands on my hips pose and i was like i've never posed like that in my entire <laughs> life well i showed you a picture of uh, you doing a, a short drop kick on mark henry um yeah and, and in my head i was like i was like how did i get mark in a seated position in what <laughs> universe did i get him down uh-huh. how did i do that i love that you just my, I mean, don't remember this like you know at, at this point, all that stuff is very, very long ago. Mm. So I remember some of the big things that I took yeah. and like things that I got thrown around with, but I remember very, very little offense. So when I see any of it, I'm like, <laughs> what? <laughs> there is, a, um, I don't know if you know this as well, before we get into the show, I, uh, there is also a European tour program with your face in it. Yeah, I think I used to have it. Uh, or And by used to, I mean, it's probably somewhere around here. Mm. Well, good I'm stuff. not really a sentimental kind of person where I like keep things necessarily. Mm. So it might be somewhere. It's probably somewhere. Nice. Nice. Pretty nice. Um, well, we are up to January the 25th, 1993, the third episode. Possibly the first, well, definitely the first episode with a really big match 
on it. Yes. Um, yes, I'm excited. The first time that I'm going to have a match that I'm gonna be like, yeah, here we go. <laughs> oh, actually, no, I tell a lie. Two big matches because we get the blow-off between the epic Macho Man Randy Savage and Repo Man feud uh, on the last is episode. the blow-off? Hold on, hold on, hold on. The what? blow-off is on here? Yeah, man. It's uh, Repo's got Ooh. the hat. Yeah, man. It's um big deal. I mean, it makes you think. I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that the, the 25th of uh, January episode was maybe up against some stiff competition, maybe Monday Night Football or I don't know, something like that. Cause yeah, we sta- got uh, save we like got, big- we got we got big match feel here, people. We got move over McGregor <laughs> Mayweather. We got big match feel. We got loser leaves the WWF. We got we got Macho Man Repo Man the fight for the hat. Shit, yes. And, you know, this was actually, I only just found this out recently, but it was recorded before the Royal Rumble. This is aired one day after the Royal Rumble, which makes sense because the Rumble's in California and this is in New York. And traveling must have been a bit of a bitch to get back to New York in that time. So it was filmed before. Um, Sure. And and Flair stayed around uh, for about a week after. I think his last match was in Madison Square Garden for the Headlock on Hunger charity uh, show. Um, And I think he faced Bret Hart. I could be wrong on that, uh, so don't write in. Um, if, uh, do write in no please please write in <laughs> yeah that's how I learn that's how I learn yeah. so yes um, if you have the 25th of January 1983 episode of Raw on your network machine um, we are we have paused it one second in pretty much um, and we have a, a, a shot of uh, New York City outside the Manhattan Center I'm guessing I'm guessing it is uh, if it's not I, yeah, I apologize sure. but um, yes so after the count of three Click with us and enjoy the third episode of Monday Night Raw. Okay, one, two, three, click. Okay. Oh, those cars. Look at them go. <laughs> Gotta be the Manhattan Center. Oh, uh, Sean Mooney. How long a, did Sean Mooney last after this? He was around about a couple of weeks after WrestleMania 9, but they were possibly recorded beforehand. Um, it, it that is a different. That is a different tow truck than last week. <laughs> is it the same hat though? That's the. Uh, that's the question. Uh, I don't know if it's the same hat. I am interested in whether or not it's the same Chevy Blazer that that. <laughs> yeah, uh, but tow he's, truck re- he's repo away man though. Week. He probably just left that one and then stole another one for. The, you know why not? You can do a fucking once. He's repo man. Yeah. It does look like the hat. We did. Re- we did uh, watch the uh, last episode last week, but I remember Macho Man was in that candy. Uh, the outfit that looks like candy, and that hat kind of looks like uh, it's covered in candy. Yeah. See, we're making this better every week. That'll be the theme. Yeah, we're getting better eventually. And mostly, I mean, I watched Monday Night Raw. 93 but i remember it mostly from the super nintendo game which i played every day of my life growing up <laughs> yeah so i remember it mostly from that see um, i mean i watched raw but i played that game every day uh, and how oh a second follow-up question so sean mooney lasts a couple weeks after uh wrestlemania how many more weeks do we have to put up with rob bartlett <laughs> he left about the same time um I know. Is I know. he chewing gum or what is he doing? <laughs> is he just eating a sandwich on set? What is this guy's deal? He's just yeah. It's just that New York mentality feel. I guess. Well, I don't want to say mentality. You know, just to say that everyone just hangs around chewing gum. But I'm from New York. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, I guess it gives. It I a, live here currently. <laughs> <laughs> gives it a cool kind of, I don't know, edgy feel. But this is Heenan's first raw on commentary, by the way. Um, oh, Heenan. Yeah, because Savage has a match. 
Right. And, here and it is. do we open with it? Yeah, shit, yes. You well, you got to grab the fans <laughs> immediately. This That's match definitely the hat, by the way. Yeah. Well, this match was also on the uh, I think it was the UK fan favorites uh, video. Um, someone, <laughs> I think that was a work. I don't think anyone specifically requested that this match be on a. You know, I was gonna say you people. You people have horrible taste. <laughs> well, the first fan favorites video, um, they actually interviewed people outside the arena, and they were like, "What match do you want to see?" And the first match, I shit you not, and it must have been a work, but it was, uh, and it was probably a match from that night. Uh, it was Coco Beware against the Brooklyn Brawler. Someone wanted. Oh, Ooh, okay. Oh, Macho Man don't need music. Macho Man don't need music. No, well, you don't steal this hat, goddammit. Uh, also, can can I follow up and ask you whether or not. Repo Man. So whether or not Barry Darso like was not with the company and then came back to be Repo Man, or whether or not they were just like uh, Smash is done, be Repo Man. I think Smash was around until maybe September, and Repo Man came in around November, December. So I think it might have been just one of those take some time off TV, maybe do house shows, and then you know you like no one will recognize you. I guess. Yeah. You know. Um. Yeah, but I mean, Repo, this I think was his last big. I mean, it was definitely his last big match in WWE. Like I told you about, he was on some episodes of Mania when they had exclusive matches, and he had kind of a, a zebra print kind of different gear with a full head mask. And he, you could tell he hated that attire. Um, he just wasn't Repo Man. Like, you know, uh, he was just winging it. So, um, went back to this attire. Yeah, Barry Darso. Barry Darso really has had a storied career. I mean,. He really has. Um, I mean, he's, he was around forever in a major company in one way or another, like always. This is true. I, yeah, I mean, I get. I don't know what their thinking is when they. I, I I guess at that time, unless you were busted for like steroids or something, why would they want to let someone like Barry Darso, who is you know a veteran who can put on a great match, go? You know, unless he chose to go at that point. <sighs> Because you would think that they were yeah, kind of desperate, I, I hear that. like starving for talent at that point. Um, I don't know. Uh, I mean, okay. Like, even in that outfit, Barry Darso looks horrible. <laughs> well, yeah, he looks a bit chunkier than you. Look usual. at him right now. Look at him. Yeah. He's pudging out of that that grace <laughs> outfit, man. Like, he looks like he doesn't give a shit. <laughs> Yeah, he's, uh... I mean, I'm not saying Smash of Demolition looked like the peak physical condition, no. but Repo Man right here, uh, I don't remember Repo Man looking this pudgy and awful. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, HD is not a <laughs> Repo Man's friend, I don't think. Um... No, for sure. Those boots on Macho Man are nice, though. The the green fronts on the white boots. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, they're really cool. I've got a Macho Man uh, boot cover. Um sort of later on in the year he started wearing sort of boots with like flaps and he moved a lot to glitter at that point and I shouldn't know this stuff he moved away kind of from sequins but the glitter would like sort of go all over the ring and all over his opponents because it was like you know very lightly glued on um did you see Repo Man just fall <laughs> randomly after bashing Savage's head in he just fell uh yeah how do you did you ever have problems with the ring mats outside were they like? Because I've heard I that mean, they are just like slippy and um, more dangerous than just a, concrete in some ways. Like, 
it depends because on in independent wrestling on independent wrestling shows you know it's going to be hit or miss sometimes there aren't any it's just concrete out there mm-hmm. uh and sometimes they're sketchy but sometimes they're fine in uh in wwe i would probably re- i don't want to pull the the curtain back too far but man i'd probably rather hit the one the mats on the floor sometimes than in the ring. In the ring, yeah. A lot of guys say And they're that. not like, it's not that they're cushy. They're just, I don't know, they're like, <laughs> I like them. <laughs> it's, and they're not cushy by any means, I promise you. It's just when I was there, uh, I was like 145 pounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that, the, the ring was so jacked up for guys who were twice my size, three times my size, that uh, when I would hit it, it had no give. So it was like me hitting the floor was just as good. And yeah. sometimes I'd prefer it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was that, I mean, around 2001, when everyone was kind of breaking their necks uh, for a little bit, um, they, I think they softened the ring a little bit after that. But I, I wouldn't know. You know, I've never purposely landed on wood. <laughs> you know, um, I, I think that would be a shock to the system if I ever had to do that. Yeah, you would think so. You get used to it, I guess. Well, you must get used to it, you know. Yeah, as sick as it sounds, you do get used to it. Um, Tom Buchanan. Man, what a pain! What a pain in the actual balls it must have been to wrestle in that little fucking Robin mask. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that can't have been fun for him. Maybe that's why he moved no. to the full mask. Um, I would have mm. in a heartbeat. That thing probably slipped around and. I, it must have come well, off in matches, like. Not that it would yeah, matter. This match, will, this match will continue, though. And now Repo Man back on top. I don't like... I never like when they do that. What? When they... Cut to a break? Go to and... break, and then they come back, and then the other guy is now uh, on top. And I get it. It's like the match has been going on the whole time, but mm. I feel like I missed something, and I don't like to miss anything. There was a period. I like, think when you were there. Um, when... And I'm assuming advertisers probably hated this when they were cut to break. But if you log on to WWE.com, you could watch it during the break. Um, well, now they're now they're tr- they're messing around with that screen and screen thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, current WWE television, they'll sometimes they'll go to break, but match will still be going on in like a smaller corner screen. Oh wow. Does Repo Man have Macho Man in the guard right now? Is this is this UFC? Is he is he trying to put him in a a, a Kimura or something? Well, okay. I, I mean, I'm going to try and apply some logic to this. Randy Savage was in the Rumble the night before, and he got squashed by Yokozuna a few times. So maybe he's trying to work on the ribs, I guess, because of that. But that's applying maybe too much logic to it. Way too much logic, man. Way <laughs> too much. I think. I don't know. I maybe Barry Darso's Repo- got this MM mixed martial arts uh, repo man. Maybe they they missed the boat without this mixed martial arts Barry Darso gimmick. That could have worked. Oh yeah, he's adjusting the mask. That he has to. I and look how weird it makes his hair look in the back. <laughs> man, it, apparently a, uh, he doesn't like to talk about repo man. Apparently, look at the cameraman trying to get the crowd going. That the camera and that's for, on the crowd for there. years. Yeah. For years, I've always thought, why doesn't he want to talk about this? Like, it was, it, everyone remembers the Repo Man, and now I'm watching him as the Repo Man, and I'm like, man, I wouldn't want to talk about this shit either. Who are we kidding? <laughs> Look how pudgy he looks. Look how stupid that mask looks. Yeah. Oh, the hat. It's like a title match. Yeah. Yeah. On the and uh... why did he have a why did he have a bull rope with like 
uh, a gimmick on it to like tow cars away. You would never use that rope for anything in in like if you were actually towing cars or repoing things. You would never use it. You would if you were a cartoon character, though. I think. Oh, I don't know about that. No. <laughs> um. Yeah. No. This match is on the UK fan favorites uh, DVD or video. Actually, did get released on DVD as well. Um. And they don't have the original commentary on it. They have, uh, I think Jim Ross and Randy Savage and Bobby Heenan do the, and you think that would be awesome. But when Ooh, they, that's a weird commentary team. Well, they did WrestleMania nine and King of the ring, but in a live situation, obviously it's exciting, but when they commentate from a studio and they commentate yeah. retrospectively, it's not great, especially when Heenan's saying something and then the camera zooms over to Bobby Heenan live in the arena and he's not saying anything and it just fucks the whole thing up. <laughs> Rebo Man's like, hip toss. Randy Savage is like, fuck off. <laughs> Do you think Savage is just like, what the fuck am I doing in this match at this point? Yeah. He's like, man, I want to go back to the booth. This hip breaker, <laughs> Repo Man. Yeah, yeah. Has, I, up until, up until this, up until this minute, I was always like, man, that's kind of shitty of Darso and I don't even want to talk about Repo Man. <laughs> Who are we kidding? I ain't talking about this shit either. <laughs> but I mean, it, it, you know, when you look at Mr. Hole in One, though, you know, makes sure I loved Hole in One, Barry Darso. He's going to throw the drop. Is he going to drop it? Look at the crowd. Of course. He ain't going to fucking move. No. Man, what a drop. Here's the deal missed opportunity. You put that hat on before you throw that elbow drop, Randy. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. He, he went, he went out of the corner with the the hat in it. Put the hat on. It's not like even if it falls off, it's still cool. <laughs> yeah, Mister. He's not even going for that. Oh, you really? <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I Savage's gimmick. I guess he was kind of like just spaced out hippie. I think if you had to give he was him a, a crazy gimmick. person, and it was crazy... awesome. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. Like, you know, not many people do crazy well anymore because I think they have to be legitimately a little bit crazy. Because they tr- people try to take it like over the top goofy, yeah. And it's like, no, no, no. Randy Savage just played a legit crazy. Like he's just like, <laughs> no, I'm. I don't give a shit. I'm go. <laughs> Who are you kidding? You took my hat. Yeah, I beat you. And I- oh, nice pose. Mm-hmm. That was his. Um, kisses. He only had two Loves matches on Raw that year, and this was one of them. Um, in the whole year, the year just started. Yeah, um, is the other one ma- with Crush? Nope, don't the clown. <clears throat> yeah, it was a great match. Okay. It, um, but um, yeah, that was. His, I mean, I could be wrong. Oh, what's this? Okay. Oh, an interview. Oh, this is for Ch- Superstar. Oh, it's the WrestleMania. Very early WrestleMania, WrestleMania nine, the best WrestleMania of all time. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so it's like buy your tickets right now, and then because they hadn't announced yeah. Hogan hadn't come back at this point and. The there's the history of WrestleMania book that came out in two thousand and it for me it's the best WWF book ever because it's so like sort of honest and insider at the time um, and it gives the full story on WrestleMania nine how Caesar's Palace were like yeah so is Hogan gonna be here to help sell some tickets like nope he's he's definitely not gonna be here and I think that was legit the plan he wasn't gonna be there. And uh, even until the last minute, it was like, no, he's not going to be there. And then, obviously, the day before the show, he fucks his eye up. And uh, like Caesar's Palace thought they were being worked all of this time. And then Hogan obviously leaves with the title at the end of it. Um, 
<laughs> oh, here's Kamala. With Reverend Slick. Oh, with Slick. Oh, brawler time. Mm-hmm. Here we go. When Here we go. Did you ever oh, see? Yeah, because they showed us, they showed us last week the gimmick with uh, Slick uh, taking over Kamala as like uh, good guy Kamala, right? Mm-hmm. You are a man. You're not an animal. That was basically the whole. This is, this is the uh, OG Black Lives Matter. <laughs> Did you ever see uh, Slick teach Kamala how to bowl? Oh yeah. Yeah. And um, again, I shouldn't know this, but on the Invasion of the Body Slammers, um, this will be a short match. It's got to be. Man, but already, like, the brawler is putting over Kamala like gangbusters. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, he, he great. I mean, he belongs, I, for me, he belongs in the Hall of Fame for his uh, contribution. Has to be. He has to go, right? Yeah. Um... <laughs> yeah, Slick like, uh, telling everyone just to, it was kind of like pantomime, but I kind of like that. Man, those heads. Yeah, like, come on. Uh, if anyone wonders why Brawler stuck around so long and kept doing things, like, watch this. Look at him, man. Look at him making Kamala look like a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Not to say that Kamala wasn't good or anything, but Brawler is doing work to make him look good. First stink face ever? Nice. <laughs> Do you think Brawler maybe enjoyed that a little bit? <clears throat> no, no. I, yeah. But I do think that years later he was like, to Rikishi, this one time Kamala did this thing to me. <laughs> I think it could really work for you. Yeah. Uh, Steve Lombardi from the uh, Terry Garvin School of Self-Defense. Um... Does uh, <laughs> Brawler, Brawler still has a job, right? Nope, he's gone. What? He was fired. Oh, like, yeah, I think I did Jeremy. know that. So, I mean, yeah, I think that's crazy. Finkel and probably Whippleman have got to be the two longest tenured, empl- well, Undertaker, I guess, um, non-wrestling employees. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um... Brawler was great. Always had great advice for me. He was always really helpful. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Was he more heavily involved in the ECW show? Um, Were there, like, Um, agents specifically for that? Well, there there was the SmackDown ECW agents. He wasn't necessarily an agent, like a match agent, per se, but... uh, he was a just an agent in general, I guess. Mm-hmm. I don't know what his specific job title would have been, but he was always giving good advice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He, he can't be anything but a, a valuable, um, you know, member of the team. Sure, um, he's a, he's an asset. I mean, he's uh, he was around for so long. He did so much for the company with the company. Yeah. Ah, oh, man. See, okay. So the the pinning on the stomach thing. Uh, I get it, yeah. and I think it's clever. But <laughs> yeah. the more they do it, the more I'm like, okay, how am I ever supposed to believe this dude winning a match ever, or even trying to win a match? <laughs> well, you know, he, he learns over time, I guess, though, doesn't he? Yeah. Man, he, he okay, bro, easy. <laughs> he didn't though. He didn't learn over time because I don't think he ever won a match apart from maybe this one. Oh, oh, wow. See, that's the thing. I know that that probably didn't look that impressive, but the reaction that that would get, especially when he was a heel, it was like King Kong Bundy when he did the splash. Yeah. It was spectacular. Uh, just for the crowd, that oh, noise. And, you know, the the, photograph, the photograph flashes and everything, something that's really missing now, I think. Like when Edge speared Jeff Hardy off the thing, just the amount of light flash bulbs that went off just really adds to it, I think. 
Kamala won, y'all. Check mm-hmm. that out. Spoiler alert. Look at the people. Kamala won so this happy. match in 93. And he was gone by the end of the year as well. Well, he kind of was, but he was meant to be in the Royal Rumble 94, and he just wasn't there for whatever reason. Um, he said that he was promised that he would, um, because he turned face, that uh, apparently he was promised that there'd be lots of merchandise and he would actually start making some money and just it never happened. That's what he well, said. Uh, oh, hold on. Do we have a do we have an interview segment here with Vinnie Mac and uh, this, this Kamala like, and Slick? Mm-hmm. I don't know what here this would lead to because I don't think Kamala was in a in a program of any kind at this point. Well, it leads to Kamala bowling is what it leads to. <laughs> yeah. Well, he wasn't at the Royal Rumble as well, for whatever reason. Um, yeah, I don't well, um, well, I guess this is, I don't know. I, this is their first time on TV since his face turned, so I guess this is kind of like, you know, slick. Sort hey, of, let's explain know. why he's a good guy now. Pretty much. Um, they I'll, played it on Raw last week for us. <laughs> well, yeah, but at the same time, though, was, you know, this was probably... This may have been the same night as the last week's Raw, I guess. Maybe. Well, that's. Uh, I think we discussed this last week that this probably is the same. Uh, hmm. The same night they probably filmed a couple in a night. They had to have. Yeah, I'm guessing they did. And there's a small enough audience, and there was no internet, so they wouldn't have given away the Flair perfect match or anything like that. Who are they going to give it away to? <laughs> the four people that everybody in the crowd talks to. Uh, well, Meltzer, I guess. He's probably around. He's probably in the audience. Yeah, but what's he going to do? Put out a an emergency <laughs> new a snail mail newsletter? <laughs> it wouldn't reach the general public by the time this aired. No, this what true. are they worried about? Oh, Royal Rumble report. So this is uh this is kind of weird because this is the day after the Rumble and uh, they didn't. I'm sure they did not show um um encores at this point. Until WrestleMania 9. I think that may have been the first one. Yeah, because they already advertised the video. Um, WrestleMania 9, I'm sure, was the first show to have an encore. Available February 11th. Yeah, That's, that's a quick turnaround for 93, right? It really is. I mean, okay, here's some pointless Royal Rumble facts for you. Uh, the German edition of Royal Rumble 93 on video advertised a Max Moon-Terry Taylor match, which ended up not happening. We've probably talked about this. Um... And you know there were pictures of Crush and Kamala and Nails on the on the flyer, and Bulldog and Warrior. You know, just tons of guys who weren't actually on the show. But um, yeah, yeah for ninety three, where was the British Bulldog at that point? Did he make the jump to WCW? He did around um, around the summertime, I think, because he teamed up with Sting and they uh, did the whole midget. Is that ninety three or was that ninety two? No, that was ninety three. Bulldog was gone by November ninety two. He, he was meant to face the um, the Mountie at Survivor Series for the Intercontinental Title. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> and then uh, Mountie was gone around that time as well. It was a very, tr- it's it's a very transitional time this couple of months because Gonzalez comes in from WCW, Luger makes his debut, the Steiners come in. It's kind of like the old WWF guard of Warrior Bulldog, you know, even Flair at the time. You know, it's, it just seems like a lot of talent is leaving and coming in at this point. Yeah, weird transition right now, and then and then this leads into the transition into like the the younger talented era of WWF, right? I mean yeah. the I mean, the Razor, you, it, the Shawn, the Brett, the Absolutely. I mean if you forget about Hogan's title win, um 
you know, that's the only thing. But it was kind of like, I don't know, the end. Yeah, okay, in my in my mind. It's like kind of like the end of the season sort of thing. You know, Hogan makes his last hurrah and then he's gone. And then, you know, the new season starts when, you know, Brett wins King of the Ring and Lex Luger becomes the All-American. And, you know. Yeah, yeah. Do you remember that last hurrah for Hulk Hogan in 93? I do. Only... Shame, shame. It's a shame we never saw him again anywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, Mr. Nanny, you know. He did that, and then I'm, I think he disappeared off the face of the earth after Mr. Nanny, I think. I'm still waiting for Hulk Hogan's last run. It'll happen. See, the, 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 <laughs> the, the thing, my my kind of hope was that Hogan would uh, come back at the Andre Battle Royal and just win it. I think that would be cool. I mean, it would, you know, he'll, shit he'll on it. every, it'll shit on everyone else, but, you know, chips. <laughs> gotta have Buck me- potato chips. Gotta have meat. Gotta have spice. Snap into it. I again should know this off by heart. They did a Randy Savage action figure in that gear, which is pretty awesome. Um, <laughs> well, they could have just put it out as a, a, a Mega uh, Mega Maniacs. Is that what I'm looking for? Oh, oh, Flair already. This is a long match then. Hold on, hold on. Time out, time out, time what? out. What? We get both big matches, one and two. I think this is the um, yeah. What this... is the main event on this card? This is it. Whoa! Is this match long? Is this match really long? Oh yeah, it, it goes over. A couple I haven't of, seen. Goes over a couple of breaks. I haven't seen it in a while. Um. Oh, Heenan's so good. Like especially on this, like it just when it, like Heenan does desperation on commentary really well. Like you know, Royal Rumble Night yes. Two possibly is like greatest call ever, and to go a full hour as well must have been as you know exhausting just for Heenan to keep that up for an hour but I mean it's just I I don't know when you can convey how invested you are you know when you know it's just you know I don't want to sound like the NWA fan but it's real to him damn it you know sure and what do you think the decision why do you think there was a decision to put Heenan with all the the horsemen when they eventually came in well, I, I, I really don't. I think my thinking is it makes them immediate heels, because that's true. But like he was, but like uh, you would think that they would pair him with uh, pair them with somebody with a potential NWA connection or. Uh, oh, I don't think that. Well, you've got to bear in mind when the when the Brainbusters came in, Tully Blanchard, uh, um, JJ Dillon came in a few months later as an agent, but I guess they didn't want to, it's like when Harley Race came in as the king, it was like, oh, who's this new uh, you know, <laughs> this new guy you know, they just completely yeah. didn't talk about anything that happened before that you couldn't do that with Flair, because he obviously came in with the NWA belt which uh, I'm sure Vince relished being able to do um, Right. you know, even though we talked were... uh, we talked last week on this about how Kurt Henning's like top five all time. I couldn't give you a, a, an absolute top, but hmm. Kurt Henning's easy top five all time. Tully Blanchard also easy top five all time. Yeah. He's so good. He's so dislikable as well. And just, just I, no and redeeming if, qualities as a character, which, <laughs> which, <laughs> which I, which I if you watch, if, but if you watch him and, and Kurt Henning's work, yeah. you'll see, I've, I've gone back and, and, and done enough study. <laughs> you could see some. You could see enough similarities in the two to understand, <laughs> to get a real grasp on my uh, like for wrestlers. Mm-hmm. I wonder if they've had a match. 
They went WWF at the same time, but they were both heels. Yeah, and and the, I mean, Tully didn't have a whole lot of singles stuff going on when he was there. No, no. It, I'd be more curious as to if Tully had one with Kurt when Kurt was in AWA as a big baby face and Tully was running uh, second to Flair in the NWA. I, yeah. I, I'd be more curious if in territory days they ever crossed paths. Mm. It's, it's quite Which possible. Which would I mean, be awesome. Mm-hmm. I mean, both second generation as well. And, you know, there could have been some kind of crossover. Maybe. Sure. I, I don't know. Sure. I mean, like, there's the, uh, on the perfect DVD, there's the uh, one hour match with Nick Bockwinkle, which, um, yes. It's pretty tremendous. Um, did you ever see, um, oh, what was the show that they did? Slamboree, WCW, when they would have a Legends match? Yes. And one of them was, it was Nick Bockwinkle against, um, oh, God, it wasn't Vern Gagne. It was, who was it against? Um, <laughs> <laughs> if it was Vern Gagne, <laughs> Vern Gagne had 100 against Nick Bockwinkle. <laughs> It might have been Bullet Bob. It was something like that, but it was uh, they they would turn the screen to black and white, <laughs> which I thought. But, yeah, like, I remember that. And they would get Gordon Sully out and commentary, which is always great. But like this match, it was ten minutes, I think. And oh, it, oh who was it against? It might have been the Crusher or Dick the Bru- or someone like that. But um, Dick the Bruiser. Well, yeah, why not? I mean, he was still around. Um, I don't know if he was doing much. No, I think it was someone a bit more athletic than Dick the Bruiser at the time. Man, but... I used to have this VHS tape of Ric Flair stuff uh, from back in the day, and it, it chronicled his entire feud with Dick the Bruiser. Ha! <laughs> 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 when did they feud? Like AWA? Oh, like back... I don't even know when this was, but like uh, uh, Dick the Bruiser's big thing was like. Do you want a champion who wears women's robes? Or do you want a champion who smokes cigars and frequents saloons? <laughs> oh, amazing. Well, it's like when uh, I told you about the Piper promo when he called him a feather-wearing fucking freak. And it, uh, it yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's uh, great about this match so far is that it's all... It's all like a feeling out process, you know, like there's yeah. it's not uh, just all good guy beating up bad guy, which is a lot of times what the, the match I think just boils that just goes to real quick. Yeah, I think this is going to have the feeling of like a free act kind of thing. Like, every, I love that. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe this should have been two out of three falls, uh, which I think works quite well on TV. Sure. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, my. My big pet peeve always with two out of oh. <laughs> Get him. Get him. Come on. He's already got the strap. Uh, my down. big problem always with two out of three with, with two out of three falls matches yeah. is the uh, uh, when the first fall happens and the guy wins with uh, a move that he's never won a match with in his life. <laughs> yeah. That always drove me crazy. It's like why can't you pin people for three in normal matches with that move then? <laughs> Right, I mean, I don't know. I I guess I'm thinking too much into it. No, no, like you, you're speaking to the guy who thinks that there was some kind of motive behind Repo Man going after Randy Savage's ribs. You know, I think it's fine. <laughs> um, oh, Flair! Holy shit! Don't do it! Don't look at those. Cha- Why would <laughs> no, you no. swing that chair? Yeah, at this point, Huda Hebner. I think Heenan's gone ballistic at this point. Oh yeah, <laughs> I love the shoving matches between. Uh, look at all the glitter on Flair. That's weird. Um, oh, 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 let's get some booty out. Bit of cheek. I've seen that in person. I've seen Ric Flair's 
Wrigley saggy ass in person. Um, and he had it down for far too long as well. He was like sort of I'm strutting su- around the ring and you know. <laughs> I'm surprised Hebner didn't like blow a knee out diving off the apron. Oh, oh, oh no! Goodness <laughs> gracious! God, I mean, you're talking to bumps. Heb- Hebner had bumped like a motherfucker when he was collided into. If you've ever seen him sort of fall out the ring, he didn't fall like a wrestler. He fell like you would actually fall, <laughs> like if. Um, Someone just collided into you. Man, look at Perfect. Yeah, go check on him, Hebner, for the love of everything that's holy. A bit of blood on Raw. I mean, I wonder if um, USA were fine with that. I think Flair bleeds as well. wonder what Vince holy thought. Holy smokes, it wasn't, yeah. what, a, what a tumble to the floor. Yeah, Man, was... uh, and like, uh, Triple H did that bump for years, but much quicker and much less scary. <laughs> Yeah, Perfect had very unique ways of... Yeah, that. That one. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say... I you... love that. I love that with everything. There's the one as well when he, if he'd get his head smashed against the turnbuckle and he would bounce off the first turnbuckle and turn around and do a somersault as well. Um, yeah, so... I've I've tried to do that before. It is really, really difficult. <laughs> like, you don't understand how difficult. I can do athletic things. I can't do that. Yeah. I wonder how you find out it's, that you can do that. Like, really weird. Like, what's, agreed, because what's the, he just did it. But I, I, because Perfect did it, I tried it. No, yeah. I almost broke my neck. Hmm. So that's the thing. Like, have you, when try, like, do you get it in your mind that you want to try something and then you do try it and then it just, if it doesn't work, then you obviously just leave it or do you keep at it or? It depends. It depends on the level of, uh, like how close I was to doing something. If I was pretty close, man, sure. I'll give it another shot. Yeah. If I was not close at all, let's just throw that in the bad idea <laughs> category and leave it alone. Like, were, were you like, did you, were you like shitting yourself when you did your first moonsault or anything like that? Cause that's just like, I learned at a very young age that I could backflip to my feet without much oh, wow. effort. Okay. Um, it, it's been my default party trick for about the past, <laughs> the 13 years uh-huh. so i say that but like at this point me doing a backflip to my feet is probably much sketchier <laughs> than it was at 17 or 18 hmm. at 17 or 18 i i would literally just on the streets just throw backflips <laughs> like yeah can you break dance as a just no i cannot break dance because i can't do any dance unless it's like uh i don't know Patrick Swayze from Dirty Dancing. <laughs> Just move for move. Yeah. You said, yeah, I can dance as long as it doesn't involve actually taking a step. If I'm stood, you know, yeah. like stationary, <laughs> I can move like a motherfucker. I can do the whole like wavy arm kind of uh, thing. You know, I can do the robot and, you know, anything. That... Luke Harper used to have this great driving dance where while he was driving, he would uh, open both the driver's side and passenger window and dance with his arms out both windows <laughs> while we were driving up the road. Uh-huh. That was his default. <laughs> what was he like? I mean, obviously you're friends with him, like just part of the animal. Uh, tons no, of I mean, I, I, he was always quite a bit older than me. So he was always like, kind of like the, I don't know. Uh, he'd already lived so much life by the time I even met him. Yeah. Was you he know, kind I, of like, I, I met him when I, I met him when I was in like high school. Like I was probably 14 or 15 when I met him and he was probably 
20 something, like already doing college and uh, getting into all kinds of crazy stuff. Uh, Sorry, go for it. By the time we hit the road together, when I started wrestling and and whatnot, um, he had just, once again, he had just lived so much life that I had, <laughs> I currently hadn't because when we were traveling together, I was 17, 18 years old and he was, you know, 47, I think at the time. <laughs> As someone who does, so I don't want to say he was, <laughs> I don't want to say he was like the father figure, yeah. but just like the, that always that older kid who was like, <laughs> you kids, I've done it. Been there. And he does crazy person very well. Yeah, yeah, he does. He does. He is a crazy person. No, he's not. He's actually super normal. He's just a big ass lummox. <laughs> there was uh, there what was a, a sleeper hold. Mm. There was a couple back of... then. You could work a sleeper hold for fucking ever, and people <laughs> would go crazy. Like nowadays, you try that same shit. You try this, and like I don't know. You could say no, no. You just got to do it right. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not with that. I think that like it's just back then people really thought they were going to sleep. Yeah, yeah. It was kind of exciting. nowadays people are people are smarter. Yeah, that's true. I mean, like, I, 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 again, I'm not a wrestler here, so like, but I'm not crazy on the term rest hold because it's not. You were trying to like the object of a match is to get someone flat on their back, <laughs> like you know. Um, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I don't know how. I don't. Uh, I don't mind holds. I mean, that's uh, sort of the point. Like, sort of, you know. So, uh, I worked with Roddy Piper before he he managed me on a show. Okay. Um, and uh, he asked me. He said, "Who's a who's a rest hold for?" I said, "Uh, I don't know. Both guys." He said, "No, it's for the guy." Uh, doing the offense so they can take a break until they're woo. I don't know what the fuck that was. <laughs> it's for the for the guy doing all the moves to give to hold the guy down and catch his own breath to keep kicking the shit out of that dude. Mm-hmm. He's doing that chin lock okay. to hold him down, to wear him down, to keep wearing the dude down and not exerting his energy yeah. so he can build his energy back up to keep kicking the shit out of him. Oh well, okay. Basically. In 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 that sort of kayfabe sense, then yes, it makes like I don't like it as a derogatory term. That's what I should have said. Oh, me neither. Me neither. Yeah. Me neither. Uh, but that's when Piper explained that to me like that. I was like, okay, that makes more sense to me. Yeah. <clears throat> but how about that leap draw? That leapfrog uh, uh, takedown by <laughs> Mister Perfect? A, a <laughs> yeah, I wasn't ago. sure. Yeah, I wasn't sure what was meant to be happening there. Um, have they went to a break yet? I don't think they have. I no, they did do one break. They did do a break. We we've had one. Uh, remember Earl Hebner dove off the apron and <laughs> <laughs> heroically yeah. rescued the chair out of Ric Flair's hands. <laughs> I'm wondering if. Uh oh. With these sort of your know, career matches, this was only the second one in the WWF at the time, so. It, obviously, looking at it now, you know that Flair's the one that's definitely going to leave. But I guess it was really uncertain. Like people in the audience really didn't know. Sure, and at the time, I mean, uh, Perfect had been 
there and gone kind of in and out already. Mm-hmm. This is true. And I right? get, yeah, well, certainly um, in ring. Yeah, he was there all the time, but ne- you know, not in ring all the time. Um, I, I don't know. I guess, well, obviously people weren't smart. They didn't know that Flair's contract was coming up and all that kind of thing, you know. Sure. So, I mean, they could... I, from a, a casual onlooker at the time, it, it easily could have been perfect. Yeah. And, you know, when Randy, Randy Savage lost his career match, it, it meant he was not wrestling, but then he moved to the commentary team and, you know, had the wedding and stuff like that. So, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be off TV. Um, right. <clears throat> but it's a good way for Flair, because they never really acknowledged people leaving at this point. They were just gone. Sure, and at that point, Flair, like, uh, for the past XYZ amount of time since Flair came to the WWF, they had been doing a lot more with Flair than Perfect. Perfect was kind of just on a return. Yeah. Uh, from a commentary role. Uh, Flair was the fucking champion uh, at a point the year before. So uh, it would actually probably make more sense to the fans that Perfect was going to go than Flair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Flair was the last champion at this point because uh, Brett beat Flair. Um, that's why I think it might have been Flair and Brett at the Garden. But again, I could be wrong. Could be wrong. Oh, hello. Dirtiest player in the Shall game. Who is God damn it. Vince will be going out of his fucking mind at this point. <laughs> Just a little tape, little tape ball in the pad. <laughs> Did you ever do, or have you ever seen, um, I think it's called the donut hole, where there's actually no foreign object whatsoever, but you can make it look like you have one. You know, when... uh, Yeah, that's what I was, that's what I was implying that, oh my, I love that, right there. Yeah. Perfect, takes the elbow drop and puts his foot on the rope, knowing that he can't get pinned for a three if his foot's on the rope. He, it's a, it's such a small thing, but it's so smart. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no, I was just saying that I think that's what Flair did, though. I think Flair just had a tape, a little tape roll. Ah. Flair, I, I don't know. I, it's, I, again, I, I shouldn't... I, I know that we are, like, sort of... We're not analyzing it. We're just talking over the top of it. But, like, sort of Flair's facial expressions are so good. Goodness gracious. Like, second to none. Yeah. Like he, no one did arrogance or hatred or you know just just about any or, or fear, you know. Um, <laughs> like he's one of those. Like it, I, I think the same about Jerry Lawler as well. And like perfect here, you don't even have to look at their face. You can just look at their body language. Yeah, it's the cadence as, at which they move and and at which they 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 emote. Yeah. Yeah, that bag off is just so classic. It's so classic. It'll never get old. It never was old. It never, you know, like, man. Perfect. Here firing we go. Up. Come on. Yeah, Flair, um, he always landed on his hip because of the uh, plane crash. I know. And that's crazy because I've landed on my hip like that. And I've been unable to walk from landing on my hip like that. <laughs> yeah, but Flair does it in night in and night out. Yeah. So if if you're asking me, I think, <laughs> once again... <laughs> <laughs> I always thought not, that that was the not, most ridiculous thing ever, but I love it every time. 
we're not trying to overanalyze this, but I think that Perfect sent Flair to the corner the first time and thought that Flair was going to do the flip, but Flair came back out, so Perfect just backdropped him out of, like, necessity. <laughs> and then Perfect's like, what am I doing? <laughs> See, uh, man, and you can't work the cheat like that anymore. No. Flair just got a... a face full of perfect balls on that roll up there it's probably fine <laughs> Woo! perfect oh, flex let's go, go. no one kicks Ooh, out the perfect flex go Tre- ah! yeah and at this point they are bleeping bobby heenan swearing at this point really yeah oh i don't remember that that's awesome <laughs> makes it so much more believable it makes it, it puts so much more uh meaning yeah. to it <laughs> Oh, yeah. I mean, he just lost his meal ticket at this point. Right. What it, Was his next meal ticket the Narcissus? Narcissus, who uh, debuted the day before. So um, it's kind of weird, though, because obviously but it's pre-recorded, I, so they can't really talk about anything yeah. that happened at the Rumble. They can't give away results. And he, you know. Right, and he really didn't... He didn't go with Luger, really, right? Not really. I, I mean, I, I, he didn't have a title like financial consultant or anything like that. He was just very big support. I think it was just because he wanted, like, you know, he hated Perfect, so he was just this guy came in who's better than Perfect. Right. Um. Yeah. Look at Flair, just in shock that he's never going to be around ever. <sighs> Can't believe it. He's just going to go make a bunch of money somewhere else. What a bummer <laughs> for him. Now this is the and mania. This is the hold mania. Hold on, can, well, do you know is this? What? There's no. So that was the main event. That was the main event. But do you know how every week that there's always been that extra two minutes where they've had to fill up time. Uh, <laughs> yeah, mania was a new thing at this point uh, with Todd Pettingill, and uh, they really went for it as well. They would host it from the studio, but they would also do it from the uh, the the merchandise warehouse, or they would do it from Titan Towers, or um, why are they coming back? They're going to come back from commercial break to end of the show? I'm guessing it's a real commercial break, not one of those WWF advertiser product ones. Yeah. So this will be what's coming up next they... week, I guess. Oh, shit, yeah. <laughs> shit, yes. <laughs> I like the clown in parenthesis. <laughs> yeah, not that other doink. It's Doink the Clown, not Doink the uh, Oh, oh, shoot. The clown, right? <laughs> I knew that. And I think this is the first roar that ends with this intro, which is weird. They have an outro. Yeah, <laughs> that's dumb. <laughs> they were really, they really were just getting it all together on these first handful. They were yeah, really they just were. trying to figure it out as they went. So be, uh, yeah. So that was that roar. So yeah, Andre the Giant uh, honored with ten bell salute next week, dying against Typhoon, and um, and it's uh, Todd Pettingill's uh, debut on a raw as well. Uh, for those who care, I care. Um, Doing what? Just advertising mania. Perfect. And Mr. Perfect throws a perfect football pass, so I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> yeah, good stuff. And it, so- looks, it looks like the preview picture has the Narcissus. Well, um, yeah, that'll be in his first uh, TV match against maybe PJ Walker? Maybe someone like that. Or Oof. Scott Taylor, yeah. Um, Man, if it's PJ, if you nail it on the head, I'm going to be very impressed already. <laughs> he does have a match against him, I know that. Um, well, the, the the sort of the jobbers around that time, the face jobbers, there was Glenn Roof, who was a uh, headbanger fresher. Uh, right. There was uh, there was PJ. Um, there was Scott Taylor, 
Um, Scott Too Hot Taylor. Yeah, and uh, heels. There was uh, there was Horowitz. There was Barry Hardy. There was uh, there was Von Kruss, who was uh, who ended up being uh, Vito. Um, he was just kind of okay. a German character. Um, other, I mean, there was Jim Powers and stuff like that. They kind of had a very like they were on the roster, but they were not, so, like Jobber to me is kind of like sort of the ones that they bring in just from that city sort of thing. Um, so like you know the proper pubes hanging over their underwear because you know they don't wear them that often and maybe like odd color knee pads and you know <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> just like i like them just like i like them yeah uh so yes they're really, they're really pimping this doink the clown typhoon match and i'm excited to get into it next week well yeah uh, doink's um doink's raw debut i think he had a usually he would debut on ch- on ch- superstars and then you would have match on challenge um or maybe your debut on Challenge. I can't remember. I think this match was on Super. I don't know. Who cares? Um, <laughs> but this was his first big match against Typhoon. Um, Earthquake, I think, already gone by this point. So Typhoon had right. a little singles run before he uh, before he shocked the world. And um, but right. sa- but sadly, we're not covering that uh, that uh, organization. <laughs> um. <laughs> yep three uh, three down uh, four thousand seven hundred and twenty eight <laughs> left. Yeah, if we do all of, that's the thing though, unless Raw ends, um, you know, we'll do this until one of us dies first and then we'll do the I'll do the ten bell salute for the other and uh you know And then the the other one will review will review February first, nineteen ninety three all over again to get the Andre the Giant one back yeah, in. Absolutely. So yeah, so what what did you think of that Raw? Do you think it best Raw so far for you? Uh Mm, yeah, I guess uh, because the perfect and flare match is really good and really fun. Um, the rest of it's kind of junk. I mean, uh, we can <laughs> I can like picking on Barry Darso's fun, uh, but uh, and Brooklyn Brawler actually was probably the MVP of the whole show. Yeah, uh, Brawler making Kamala look like a billion dollars, just going ape ham, just doing flips and stuff. He didn't do any flips, but he was selling his dick off. Yeah, he was, and and you know, it, very you know, not a lot really going on on that raw. That was like a raw that really required your attention, I guess. Um, yes. You know, it wasn't just um, squash matches for the sake of it. And, um, yeah, not not squash matches, not segment heavy. Really getting down to the the nitty gritty. They built some things on the first couple episodes, and they paid them off. Yeah. So, I'm so getting... it's time to it's time to start building again on February first, nineteen ninety three. So it's time to start building with Doink the Clown battling Typhoon. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, uh, Hogan's about to come back, and uh, yeah, big times, big times in uh, February nineteen ninety three. So yeah, Colin, I'm ready. Colin, thank you for uh, being a part of uh, this Odyssey. I guess would this be an Odyssey? Yeah, I'm enabling your problem. We already discussed. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we will be back again next week. Oh, and uh, actually, before we go, because I'm terrible at this, where can everyone find Colin Delaney? Oh, at this point, just put links in the thing. You know. <laughs> <laughs> so I got to say it every week? Goodness gracious, I feel like I've been saying it forever. This and I don't even do social media that well. <laughs> I'm on Facebook. You find me on Twitter, at Extremely Cute. Go to Pro Wrestling Tees. Buy a Colin Delaney shirt. Do it. You should. Why not? Yeah, absolutely should. Okay, well, thank you, Colin, and we will be back again next week. Goodbye. Goodbye.